This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. We're sponsored by Neomodern.com, bringing concierge photo printing and framing to everyone with a smartphone. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neomodern, and grumpy old man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Rubin. <laughs> I know how you feel. Oh. This, is a, this, is a, this is a bummer one. This is a bummer show. <laughs> we don't have the pep in our step this well, week. I mean, I'm trying to... I'm trying to amuse myself in quarantine. Like I've been in total isolation for a while here and I think I'm getting a little wiggy. Didn't you do a photo shoot the other day? No. Oh, just an old post. Yes. Oh. <laughs> just wishful thinking. <sighs> I remember the days, you know. <laughs> when you used to have people over yeah. that you could photograph. <laughs> just, and you know, you don't appreciate it while it's going on that, uh, you know, people come over and hang out, and I can see how weary you are. I, I just, I'm. It's like I feel like everybody's in one of two buckets. They're either in like the bucket I'm in, where business is sort of shuttered and there's not, you know, you're isolated and there's not much you can do. And then there's people who are, you know, doctors and nurses and company people who are just slammed with like yeah. trying to repair the damage and pull it together and keep moving forward and you're you've been working 24 7 and i i wish i could help you know <laughs> thanks i i appreciate that i i mean i think it's just um i think all businesses are are really affected uh events are definitely the tip of the sword but i mean you know, small businesses are also completely fractured. Um, as you mentioned, like neo-modern, it's like, it's just, it's, it's so hard. There's Um, no recovery from stuff like this. I mean, maybe there is for some people, but like startups are all fragile. Yeah. And, uh, well, I think you realize how fragile things were and you didn't sort of see it on the outset that, you know, we're coming off an incredibly successful, year most profitable etc cetera, etc cetera. and then this can happen and it can literally just open the apple cart like that and i think we're all just facing really hard decisions of you know like losing team members or having them you know step away for these sabbaticals or furloughs or you know company-wide pay cuts and it's just it's like anything to kind of keep keep the the ship afloat but it's yeah. just it's it's yeah. super hard yeah it's you always know, reassuring though when someone says i can see the i can see how tired you are you're like great <laughs> actually i think you look great but there's i can see it behind your eyes you know you just yeah seem like you've had a hell of a couple of weeks here and uh whatever it's been i can't even i keep track of time actually so this is Right. So Neomodern's just, you know, there's not anything I can do. So I, you know, took over the website and turned uh-huh. it into this educational platform for photography, I thought. Oh, cool. I like that. You know, I mean, it started on Facebook the first day of quarantine where I just felt like it's actually a nice, in a weird way, if you're like me where you're just stir crazy, like you're kind mm-hmm. of locked up, um, it's nice to have kind of a project and photography 
I think people like to think that you need to go on a vacation or have a supermodel or do something to have a picture of it, but it really works anywhere and it, it doesn't make the point any better than if you're stuck somewhere horrible or, or wonderful, but you're stuck somewhere mm-hmm. every day in kind of a Groundhog Day way, seeing the same thing and um, trying to s- practice there. I think it's a good place to sort of practice. I think that's great. I think it's so interesting. I was joking I was joking um, with David the other day where I'm like, I wonder what the birth rates and the divorce rates are going to be in about <laughs> nine months. But then he was joking. He's like, actually, I think a lot of like creativity is going to happen during this time. So whether it's like taking a photography class or it's like creating a new album, like I, I love that. Taking I, the time to do something that you haven't had time to prioritize before, like awesome idea. I, I, I don't think those are mutually exclusive though. I believe I read somewhere that the divorce application spiked in the past couple days. People... <laughs> I, I mean, seriously. It's the first couple days. Come on, guys. I know, I, but they're in it. I, I imagine, can you imagine a couple, you know, they're not getting along that well, but he goes to work or she goes to work or the kids are there. And now all of a sudden they're all in the house together and they do not get along that well. And he's looking down or she's looking down a path thinking, uh-uh, I'm not going to do this with you. And it's like, this is this is the worst thing ever. And I don't feel supported and I'm out of here. I don't know. I think it's a pressure cooker. <laughs> like either you're going to turn to rice, the lid's going to blow off, but you got to give it a little bit of time. Well, yeah, I, I got to say it's nice being alone sometimes where I just, <laughs> I, I leave things that would make me crazy if someone else left it that way. But, oh, I had a pipe break this morning. Like oh, that was man. my morning of like my kitchen flooding. And I thought, am I calling a plumber? No, I think this is, this is duct tape. Like, I think I'm going to do this myself. There you go. Well done, MacGyver. <laughs> you know, creative projects. You, you're taking things on. But it's a I don't whole think, new world for you. But it's not mutually exclusive, right? I think they'll have the divorce rate. You're definitely going to have a birth bubble in nine months. Like, there's no, <laughs> there's no way that isn't going to happen. And yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of really great creativity and of people figuring out how to make do with the situation that they have. So tell me about your class. What is the online learning well, platform that you've created? Well, well, it started just on my Facebook page where I, I suggested people just post a picture of their, like just start keeping track of their quarantine experience. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm about uh, some bit of the way through my book on Zen Arts. And uh, and so I thought, I wondered if I could be more specific, like maybe make an assignment for the day instead of so the first yeah. day I just said take a picture but when I saw how many people posted pictures and you know 40 or 50 people were posting what they were doing and and uh, I thought oh crap well maybe I should maybe be more formal about this so the second one was to start talking about what I was learning about haiku um, I know when we talked about haiku the other day the thing that I thought that I liked about haiku was that it had this kind of really f- rigid, rigid structure you know, mm-hmm. and that it was a lesson in, in sort of having constraints. And it is, it is. But what I also came to learn is that the 575 pattern of haiku is not actually, that's not the defining characteristic of haiku. In fact, mm. uh, most of the haiku masters in English language don't even follow 575 kind of um, structure. Really? Yeah, well, see, the thing is that, and let's not go too, too far down the haiku path, but like it's not 575 syllables it's five seven five sounds in japanese and sounds are much much smaller than syllables huh um and we talked about this the other day but you may not remember but uh the example it gave in this in this um 
book on haiku was the word joy. If you mm-hmm. remember this, so joy is one sim- syllable in English. Um, but, but if it's two you sounds joy, but if you put an s on it, that's joys. joys. That's also one syllable. And if you put a t on it, joyce. That's also one syllable. And if you make that plural, mm-hmm. joyce. Joyce. Right. So all of those are one syllable, but in sort joyce of Japanese, is they not. joyce. 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 You said it's one syllable? Well, Joyce? In their example, it Joyce? was. Joyce. Okay. Sorry, keep going. Keep going. Huh. Well, the, the point was only that the syllable in English is, is, too, large, is too large a bucket for sounds. Mm. Um, it incorporates too much. And consequently, 575 in English is actually sort of a lot of information, more than the way it was intended. The 575 sounds are... are making much a much briefer thing so that's one part of it so in english many um haiku people have thrown out that kind of limitation it has a kind of a sing-songiness of a short long short to mm-hmm. it that's real but there's a couple other characteristics of a haiku that make it what it is and, and one is that it's all it always has a seasonal word and there's sort of books of seasonal words <clears throat> so it's always about seasons it's not just you don't write about anything you can't i mean you couldn't just say uh, I walk down the street, uh, which is five. So I walk down the street to pick up some groceries, but they were closed. Like just mm-hmm. because you can say it as a five seven five doesn't make it a haiku, right? There's more to it than that. Huh? Okay. So there's it has to be have this sort of seasonal word in it, and it has to have this other thing called a cutting word, which is really more of a it's almost a punctuation, but it breaks a haiku into two parts like a dyad and a punchline or it could start with the the one and then the two and they always have that kind of structure and so so yes they are constrained they have these rules to them but there's more to it than i thought mm-hmm. but the thing that i thought was most interesting was that the really good haikus don't just say things they don't say the beautiful bird or the beautiful sunset they allude to things they kind of are, come at it sideways and they let the reader's mind fill in. And I realize that's exactly the way it is in photography. When mm. you, when someone is a beginner and they take a picture of something, I would say they are taking a picture obviously of something, of the thing obviously. So it's a picture of you. It's a picture of a bird or it's a sunset mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. And it's maybe even saturated in color. All of those things, I would say, are they, they're right. They're beautiful things. They're just obviously beautiful things. It doesn't take a lot of work. It's like a, a fart joke for a kid. It's like yeah. it's kind of lowbrow. It's easy to do. It's easy to be beautiful. It's obviously a picture of this adorable dot baby or puppy or something. But the great haiku moved to a little more subtlety. Uh, and if you go too far down that path, you have obscurity. It doesn't make any sense. You don't know what you're looking at. So somewhere between obscure and obvious is this place that's it's sort of artful, where the, the punchline reveals something to you in the, in the haiku. And the, and the photo maybe isn't immediately obvious something about it that you need to fill it in and that dig deeper yeah yeah it's like a good crop or something i mean like in your example you're like the bird what did you say the bird follows but it's like it makes me think or i guess that's only four syllables but it's it's like that's how you'd start a traditional sentence so that you've just run out of syllables and then you go on to the next piece whereas i think with haiku what you often see is because there is this limitation and you need to have a sort of 
a, a brevity. It's, uh, it'd be like, bird follows the leaf. And you're like, oh, I want to know what's next because it doesn't sound like a normal, it doesn't sound like a normal construct. It's like been cropped in a sort of interesting way. And I feel like that's what I, I don't know, I feel like maybe that for me as I'm hearing you talk, it makes me think of a boring photo where I see a hat sitting on a stool Whereas I, I kind of get that it's been left there, whatever. But it's like if you are cropping it in a different way, you're jumping in because of brevity. You have to like frame it differently that it allows you to look longer to try to figure out the story because there aren't as many clues. There isn't there isn't the same construct sure, that you would sure. read a paragraph. That's right. It's it's less obvious. It, you have to fill in more with your brain. The the observer has to participate more in the creation. Yeah. So that's yeah. if that's what I meant when I said that. Like the more I dig into haiku, the more it, it is nicely instructive about photography. So that's what I did. I, I took this assignment. I put it online. On day one, I just said post a picture. On day two, it was to think about some constraints that, and, and in the very haikuish kind of way, like pick some formal constraint. And I'm going to make it black and white. I'm only going to do it horizontally, uh, mm-hmm. ju- for no reason other than it's hard. Try it. See what happens. See if you yeah. can work with that. And so that was the day two thing. And then the day three assignment was about um, Enso. Enso is um, drawing the circle. It's calligraphy. And of course, I'm reminded that, you know, photography is still sort of utilitarian. But in another 50 years, there might be so many ways to record information and that like taking a picture in 2D of a little thing is kind of quaint. Right, and that's that's sort of what calligraphy is like. You know, it's sort of maybe an art disconnected from its former grandeur and utility. So, Enso is this calligraphy thing, and I was watching videos just today on on making mm-hmm. Enso, and they actually describe making an Enso as like a photograph, because it's really? yeah, because it happens in a breath. It's it's supposed to capture a moment. It's a capturing a moment of breath. You you inhale. And then you exhale, and then you draw with the exhale. You draw it in one breath, in one hmm. motion. There's no Photoshop. There's no going back. There's no fixing it. And it's capturing that instance. And yeah, the person who was uh, teaching it in this particular thing was describing it. Said that it's like a, it's like a photograph. And it's exactly hmm. right. So what I wanted, um, the like assi- a long, a slow exposure. Slow exposure. <laughs> yeah, it's a long exposure. And it, and it also reflects the hand of the artist in it like you're not trying to be perfect the goal isn't perfection although it is a kind of perfection but you're okay with the naturalness of it too that's an that's the balance in enso between something that's forced and something that's organic so now we have so so from haiku we've got this work that the students are doing on um obscure to obvious and okay. then from Enso, you're starting to think about things from formal to organic. That might be, do you set up the objects that you're going to take a picture of? That might make them look kind of formal. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you compose it in a very rigorous way, like rule of thirds, which I'm not going to talk about, mm-hmm. but like putting it in a real formal composition because that also yeah. formalizes it. Like on the other hand, sometimes it could be haphazard if it's all loose. So how do you use composition in your picture to, to formalize it to that right level? I don't say what the level is, but that's what you are working on as a photographer. So this is so every, so we're on day four today. And, uh-huh. and um, what are you getting? Can you share some of the pictures? Um, 
yeah, I'll put some of the pictures. Up. Oh, well, so what I did was I went back to the Neo Modern website and I put the assignments that I've been putting into my Facebook feed and I started mm-hmm. assembling them there and giving some examples of cool. like, of things that people have done that I think are really cool. And uh, I mean, what I'd like to do at the end of this is like for each person, I don't know how long we're going to be in quarantine, but to be able to mm-hmm. show their progress of because it's evolution it's just not like here's a day three assignment here's a day four assignment they build yeah. on each other right it's the whole process by the i think by 10 days we've gone through kintsugi and we've gone through ikebana and i feel like your picture by the 10th day of our captivity will be really cool like i think you'll yeah. really like it and so anyway my plan okay. is to just keep doing this until i'm too bored or or the book overwhelms me but i actually think this is going to it's making me rethink the the curriculum in the book like maybe oh, i'll fantastic. do it this I way yeah, yeah it's fun it's like teaching a it's teaching a test class you know you get to test your theories you get to work them out you get to see what works and then ultimately what maybe falls a little flat so that yeah. you can revise it yeah right, perfect i love I it i love it i feel like it's a really good use of the time of being in quarantine and using social media and doing stuff that i like so and being creative yeah, yeah. within a constraint <laughs> of my apartment but that's every one of us right now is in this really radical constraint and it feels difficult but i think we've learned from many philosophers over the years that it's it's you can't you can't lock up your mind right you can yeah. put me in a cell it could be solitary confinement it could be prison or it could be just this or it could be anything but you're not if you just keep doing stuff in your head i don't know i think we'll get through it i i agree i think we will um <laughs> i don't think you're gonna have time to take pictures though you're too busy not not at this particular moment, but I, I can't wait to see everyone's work um, on the uh, with the assignments. I think they sound really interesting, and I'm I'm so excited. Um, it'll be I interesting do- to see when this all ends. On um, like how you know how can we create like a either a virtual gallery or a real gallery that we get to showcase and hear about people's process. They can God, talk about what they learned. God, it would have been so cool if we had like a gallery in San Francisco where we could put things on the walls. That would have been amazing. Damn. <laughs> did you hear that HD Buttercup uh, closed up? No, I didn't. They wow. did. Yeah, they were early to go here. And uh, yeah, these are t- strange, strange times. I do wish you'd pick up your camera. I know you're super busy and I'm not suggesting you go take a course concurrent with all the things you're doing, but... You're going through something that's really intense, and I think yeah. you'll be glad to just pull your camera out, moment, just randomly, and just kind of capture what you're experiencing at that moment. Because I think you'll be glad to be able to look at what you're going through right now. Yeah, you know? no, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, even from like just our little like workstations that are all over the house, I've like where I'm set up now in the in like the back back room is. I pulled a chair from the living room. I have one of our like side tables. I have cords running to it and I have all these other chairs, like one for my feet, one for a coffee table next to me. And it's like everyone teases me that I collect chairs and I just feel like I'm like the mother chair board right now. Like, come to me, my children, just surround me. Your feet near in this time of uncertainty. Um, Yeah, no, it's I agree. I think I I should take more just snapshots of like what we're what it looks like, what we're doing. Man, I um... well. I spend my days trying to come up with the next. I mean, I'm I'm take I'm taking apart the book and I'm building it, reverse engineering it into these ten photos that you take. Yeah. And, but I, but it's also on Facebook, so you can't really talk about 
and so the way I'd like to, I'm trying to to abbreviate it. But as you said, it's just a good exercise to be concise and try to figure out what's fun and what people are doing, what problems they're having, stuff like that. <sighs> well, I love it. It was very nice catching up with you, Ruben, in our uh, in our social distancing. All the same, look forward to chatting more soon. I I hope that next week I'll be. A little, a little more chipper, and I, I think just even chatting and connecting and having this this virtual social connection has made me feel a b- little bit better. So thank I'm glad, you. You know, even if we're not recording, you can call anytime. You know, we can I do know. this off of Skype. We can just do it. Um, you're doing great. I mean, it's you're holding it together. It's like it's a lot. It is a lot. So our show is recorded and produced in San Francisco. Go to neomodern.com/podcast to get show notes, see photos, and post comments and to read all about Ruben's assignments on the Zen of photography. Please leave ratings and reviews on iTunes, and don't forget to subscribe. We get new listeners from you telling your friends and spreading the word. If you know someone who might get something from us in their quarantine, send them a link. Thanks to Mitchell Foreman. I hope you're doing okay out there. Uh, And all of you for hanging out with us. We appreciate your attention and hope we've given you some things to think about. Until next time, be safe. And healthy. Yeah. That too.